Good morning, everyone. How are you? We are live for Daily Drop-In, where the Teach Better team gets to go live, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, bright and early at 7 a.m. Eastern every single morning. We have a lot in store for you this morning, a brand new friend, brand new face to the Teach Better family. We also are going to continue our theme, be able to celebrate some holidays, some good news articles, and it's Wednesday, so we have a recommendation for you as well. Please stick with us. Go fill up your coffee and let's get going. That you are joining us for daily drop-in whether you are here live with us feel free to comment in our comments this morning or if you're listening after the fact on teach better talk podcast we appreciate you being here we have a brand new guest omar i'm so appreciative that you were able to join us i would love to have you introduce yourself and um so our community can connect with you yeah thank you for having me <clears throat> my name is omar spinoza i'm a sixth year middle school teacher here in oxnard california I live, in, I live in Ventura, but um, I love to do film with the students. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I was so thrilled when I saw you on our lineup because I've been following some of the work you've been doing for a bit. And I was thrilled to be able to bring you into our Teach Better community, our Teach Better family, so our community can continue to follow the work you're doing. I know you love what you do. And so I'm excited for you to share tips and tricks and and all good things. So I know it's bright and early for you, though, because you're in California. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, right now it's 4 a.m. here in California. Um, and like I was mentioning, um, I'm an early bird. This is yeah. usually the time I get up every day. So <laughs> it's not much of a change for me. You know, isn't it so funny? Depending on where you teach, what you teach, kind of all the things, everyone's morning routine is different. And so I will tell you, I love like teaching. I love working with educators. But holy moly, 4 a.m. alarm clock. That would not be my jam. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I wish it was an alarm clock. It's actually the, the biological alarm. I just wake up. And when I look back at when I was an undergrad and a grad student, I couldn't do an all-nighter. It was always go to sleep early, wake up early. And that was my way. So kind of stayed with me. <laughs> So I know that there's going to be a lot of things we're going to talk about. You're a very passionate educator. I'm so excited to get into all that. But tell me about your morning routine. I mean, you get up bright and early, no alarm clock needed. How do you spend your day to prepare for students? Yeah. So when I wake up, I usually go uh, to the living room, uh, make myself either tea or coffee, depending on how I'm feeling that morning. And I really uh, try to give myself time. Uh, that would be my gratitude journal, um, you know, practicing my faith. And then it's also either a workout or it's going to be funny. I'm either on TikTok. I just like that laughing and uh, releasing those uh, chemicals in the body to get me in a good mood. And then sure enough, uh, it's time to go out. <laughs> I'm a fan of either working out or scrolling through social media. To me, that that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, a go-to workout? Are you 
somebody that likes to run, lift weights? What, what's kind of the go-to? I'm a yoga person. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Um, luckily, in our apartment, we have a home gym here that we all get to use. And uh, I just go in there. It's mainly running and walking. It's just, as we all know, the pandemic brought in some, <clears throat> you know, not so good eating habits. So I'm <laughs> trying to eliminate those and uh, get into, you know, more of a routine with running or walking and obviously the weights. I think it's great. I'm hoping that everybody waking up bright and early with us this morning on Daily Drop-In is feeling inspired to get a workout in. I think that we can all maybe commit to a little workout, getting getting our uh, heart beating a little bit fast and and getting a good workout in on Wednesday, December 22nd. A lot of our community actually is either entering into their last day of school before winter break or they've been on winter break for a few days. So the reminder to stay fit and stay healthy, I think, is is quite warranted. So see, this is so good. <laughs> Definitely. So when you say you love being a middle school teacher, I know we're going to get into a number of different things this morning, but give us a little preview. What do you love about your job? So actually, <clears throat> in California, I have a kinder through eighth grade credential. And the way I'm allowed to teach middle school is if it's in <clears throat> if I teach two subjects back to back, so I have the students longer. Uh, so I teach math and science to two different groups of eighth graders, but I'm also teaching the first two elective courses for a video production program in the middle school. So I'm in charge of creating it and it's fun, but it's also a daunting task because I need everything perfect. All eyes are on me. And what I love about it is they're, they're like little adults and they are, they're young adults. And the conversation's a lot more meaningful, I feel. Not saying that they're not with elementary, but the middle schoolers have more of a choice that they can make and follow through with it. And what I love is when students go, what you told me the other day, you were right. And I tell them, it's not about being right. It's about going through it too, you know, and trying to relieve you from that, uh, that experience. And usually it's a negative one, right? It's the peer pressure and things like that. But I love getting them ready for high school, really. I think that's what, what gets me pumped up for that. Oh, it's so fun. I, I, you know, it's always interesting talking to different educators that everybody has this passion for the age group they teach or the content that they, that they get to teach. And, um, and no matter what educator you talk to, they'll tell you they teach the best grade level. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if they teach third grade or seventh grade or high school. They're all like, well... Obviously, I teach the best grade. So I'm with you, though, Omar. I'm a, I'm a middle school educator at heart. That is definitely my age group. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand understand the love for the sarcastic, smelly mm -hmm. students. I love them. <laughs> yes, the sarcasm. And that's another thing. They get it. They can understand the sarcasm. And that's, awesome. that's my teaching style. <laughs> uh, well, it'll be so cool to talk more about your passion for video, um, obviously, as a math and science teacher, I was a math and science teacher for middle school as well. So we just have a ton in common. We'll get into that in our brainstorm bank segment. And I know that our focus this week has been on classroom management. So I'm really interested to hear how you obviously foster a very creative learning space. Classroom management is a huge element of keeping that rolling. And so it'll be really wonderful to hear your insight. I think first, though, we should get into some holidays. Are you willing to celebrate some holidays with us this morning? I'm ready. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to Alex. Uh, just to let you know, Alex, uh, in the comments, walking a dog does count. So you are getting your workout in. So get ready to celebrate some holidays with us. Hey friends, good morning. It is Wednesday, December 2nd. Omar and I are going to continue to talk shop. We are thrilled that you are here saying good morning in the comments as you are brushing your teeth, filling up your coffee on a dog walk. Everything is fair game. As many of you know, the Daily Drop-In was just created as a morning show in the morning to welcome you into your day. However that means for you, you're more than welcome to prop up your phone and walk around the house and just listen in the background or be an active participant throughout our conversation. We really just want to be here to set your morning off with some positivity, some celebration, and maybe a few tidbits to help you foster relationships with your students and staff. As we are headed into winter break, many of you are already on winter break. We want to remind you that we are here Monday through Friday throughout break. So whether you're waking up early like Omar and you want to tune in live with us, or if you are even just catching us after the fact, we appreciate you. We hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful start to your break. And we're going to continue to wish you a happy new year as we continue to be here Monday through Friday. I believe that every single day deserves a celebration. So Omar, there are some, maybe some goofy holidays today, but I think <laughs> we should celebrate all of them. First and foremost, are you a cookie fan? Big time. Big time cookie. <laughs> Do you have a favorite cookie? Uh, I do. And... It has to be chocolate chip, the original. Or I don't know if that's original, but yes, the chocolate chip. <laughs> I think it's original. I mean, everybody right now is eating sugar cookies. But again, I love a good chocolate chip cookie. To be honest, I do like it a little burnt. Like I'm like into like homemade, delicious chocolate chip. There's no replacement. Are they soft on the inside though? I think that they should be soft on the inside. Yes. All right. I agree. Style. <laughs> there you go. Well, this morning is a National Cookie Exchange Day. So I think everybody needs to grab a box of cookies and share that with our friends and family. Um, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. It's also Mathematics Day, World Mathematics Day, uh, which I found really perfect for us, Omar, as math teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello, celebrate, absolutely. And then the last thing I saw was that it was National Date Nut Bread Day. So bread that has dates and nuts in it. I mean, I don't know what that is, but it can't be bad. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. Not a date person. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, but I do like bread that is a little bit more like sweeter or more hearty, like adding nuts or seeds to it. I'm usually a fan. So I feel like I can celebrate that. I have some banana bread in my in my kitchen this morning. Maybe it's maybe I need to like substitute in help celebrating with some banana bread. Yeah, add some banana nuts in there, right? Why not? It'll be so good. Uh, as many as you, as many of you know, and might be celebrating um, upcoming this week, there'll also be a Christian holiday. Christmas is going to be on Sunday, and then the New Year is just a few days after that. So there's a lot to continue to celebrate. Omar, we always like to celebrate a good news story, and what we say about this is that it can be an opportunity for us to bring this story to our students if we have students today, or it can also be an ability that. Or a, or a tidbit that we have to foster a relationship with a family member, a colleague, or anybody in between to kind of share some good news happening in the world. This one starts out 
not so good, but then it does end with a really, really wonderful celebration. So for those of you that have been following um, the terrible weather that's been happening over in Kentucky, there has been some tornadoes, some severe weather. So this, um, this good news story is celebrating a wonderful woman that shared an emotional hug with a state trooper who helped her escape from the rubble as she was um, uh, trapped in the candle fa factory that was destroyed by a tornado last week. What I love about this is that she had obviously a very, very rough evening uh, with tornadoes going through her town as she was at work. She ended up being found because she live streamed while she was stuck in the rubble. Her phone was working. Um, there was enough you know, access to technology that she was able to go live to share that she was there with some of her colleagues and looking for um, you know, somebody to find her and help her out of the rubble. This incredible state trooper ended up helping them and her, her friends escape safely. And uh, days later, she was able to reunite and thank this incredible um, uh, emergency responder to, for helping them save the lives of so many people that day. So shout out to the incredible people that are in the trenches, not only as first responders, but everybody included who are helping everybody stay safe after that severe weather. It's like such an incredible story that not only somebody's able to help you, but you're able to reunite with them after the fact. It's a very special moment. Wow. The power of social media, right? And <clears throat> it always gets the negative light of what's going on. And now we I love to hear that, how just a simple live stream really got them found. So Omar, tell me sharing. a little bit about your background, your experience with social media. So it was my second year of teaching that I knew I wanted to bring it in. And at the time I was teaching in fourth grade and there was so much pushback just because of the negative um, things that came with it. And I live in at the time I was living in Santa Barbara, that's where I was born and raised. And the Thomas fire hit, and I'm pretty sure you heard about the fire in 2017. And we didn't have a way to communicate with parents. And that's when my principal told me, get on that Instagram account and tell them there's no school. And literally, I was communicating through parents through that classroom Instagram. And then Parents from other classes ended up adding it, and that's how I gave updates to the parents of what's going on. So that was the first real time I really used it where it was approved. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I, the, I bring it in really just because the example I tell parents is simply telling students don't go on it is not going to be an effective way, right? If you, you don't tell the student how to cross the street and then just say, just don't cross the street. They're going to have to cross the street one way or another. So I'd rather teach them, guide them through rather than either tell them not to do it or to either, oh, yeah, you do this, that, and then that's it, you know. Well, and I, I love not only this example of how social media helped you communicate, because that really is, it's a massive communication tool, but also this connection of crossing the street as social media being something that they will encounter, they will need to overcome so what tools and resources can we give them to be successful? That is like a whole different perspective that I'm sure is going to be appreciated by so many. Do you have any tips and tricks that you like to share when you might approach maybe a teacher or any sort of educator that says, okay, I'm game. I understand why it's important. Mm -hmm. How do I teach them how to use social media safely? 
I think number one is empathy. You know, this is something new and we need to break down a lot of stereotypes and a lot of the negative media attention it's had. And just to be empathetic and really hear their pushback and really say, okay, well, let's get to the root of it and then come up with suggestions. Because if we go back and forth, you know, this is why you should do it. This is why you shouldn't. We're not going to go anywhere. So it's really going in with that empathy piece and saying, I hear you. How can we overcome that? Yeah. So you're talking about having empathy for the people that might have fears or concerns about you pursuing social media and the use of social media in the classroom. That could be parents. It could be leadership. It could be coaches. And I love that you're focusing on something that we've said before, like speaking to the issue, like wait before you share your suggestion, (laughs) truly listen to try and understand where the fear, where the where the concern exists in the person that you're working with. And then like you were sharing, have empathy to really address what their concerns are. I think that's so powerful. Definitely. And it's not a perfect plan. It never, it's never perfect. You know, sometimes I'll have an emotion piece to it saying, you just don't understand. So it happens, you know, I'm not here to say I have these great conversations with everybody. It's just a, a balance, right? Absolutely. I do want to say good morning to Holly, Brianne, and Karen. Um, Sandra, they're all in the comments this morning. So good to hear from you. I know that all these educators are quite active on social media. And so overcoming this fear of, of putting yourself out there, whether it's you as a teacher or your classroom, like you shared, you have a, a classroom Instagram, those steps are really an opportunity to all connect. I know Omar, you're connecting with them right now via social media. (laughs) We're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. But also, we connected on social media, and all of these people I've also connected with via social media. I think the only person I might be able to say I didn't meet via social media is Karen because uh, we have a a mutual friend in common. But but I have to say, I met that mutual friend via social media. So it's just this interweb connection with with our network I think is so powerful. Definitely. It, it, it goes a long way from the AOL instant messenger days. If oh. anybody remembers those. <laughs> yes, I absolutely remember the AOL instant messenger. And we are now connecting and making lifelong friendships with people via the internet. It's amazing. Definitely. You know, Omar, I want to transition this conversation a little bit into the work that you do with students. Obviously, social media plays a game in your communication, being able to amplify your voice, other educators' voices, and your students' voices. So we're going to transition here into Brainstorm Bank to talk shop a little bit more. So we'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. We are going to continue our conversation with our Brainstorm Bank segment. Like all of you probably already know, our Brainstorm Bank segment happens every single day on the daily drop-in Monday through Friday. It's a truly an intentional time for us to pause and do a gut check. Hey friends, do you need anything? Whether it's brainstorming through how to come back into the new year strong, if you are problem solving through supporting a student better than ever, how to support your parents better than ever, we really are here to be a brainstorm partner for you. Omar and I are not promising we're going to have all the answers, but we definitely want to emphasize the opportunity that we all have to problem solve together in community. So feel free to add any questions, comments, or concerns into the chat, um, and we will do our best to support you. Omar, we are focusing this week, our, our overarching theme 
is classroom management. And I know that classroom management plays such a big role in the work that you do. So I know we touched on it a bit earlier, but tell me a little bit about the, the opportunities that you have right now to work with students via video. I know you're very passionate about it. Yeah, um, we all had that uh, piece of advice. Don't smile till November, right? Um, uh, I think with anything, before I do any video and any equipment or anything like that, um, <clears throat> it's all about empathy. And I, I, I'll, I'd be lying to you if I said I've always put empathy at the start. Um, the Thomas Fire really is what started my journey with empathy and understanding students. And it's really, <clears throat> we hear you're not friends with the students, but you got to build personal relationships. So it's, it's a balance right there. And it's really getting personal with the students before getting into, you know, classroom management for me, because I can always fall back on, hey, we had this conversation before, you know, you're better than that, rather than, um, why did you do that again? Or, you know, I, that way you start building that relationship with the students. You'll, we all see it, right? We can all see something's off, right? And without making it a big deal, you know, I'll transition the class or something and then be able to pull them in and say, hey, you good? 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm good. You seem off, you know, and just keep pressing that. So it's really building that personal relationship piece and really getting into knowing how they are, right? Some students are introverts, right? So they're, instead of me thinking, hey, something's wrong with them, no, they're just to themselves, right? Or someone who's really open is becoming the opposite. You can start picking up those trends, you know. And I remember last year I had a student who was <clears throat> off, right? And it was distance learning. And because of that relationship that I built with her, she told me that a friend passed away around that time a few years ago, and it still affects her at that time. So I was able to get her connected with the counselor and really did my check-ins with her. But all of that happened because I took the time to build the relationships at the beginning of the year before instruction. And it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I love that. You know, we've heard a lot about relationships first over the last 20 months, but I have to tell you, I, I really appreciate your connection between being able to transition the class into something else so that you can have the time as the educator to not be the content delivery system and to be able to walk over to your student and foster relationship, whether that's virtual or in person, but but really using almost using classroom management to give the students something to focus on, so that you as the teacher can focus on a one-on-one -on -one or small group relationship and and checking on your students. I, I I've never thought of classroom management being a catalyst for us to foster relationships. I think that that you emphasizing that connection is so interesting, and it allows you as the teacher to put an emphasis on relationships above all, which is something I can only imagine your students appreciate and really are able to then, you know, you're able to pour into them more, you know, more successfully um, throughout your day in, in teaching, which is so impressive. Thank you. Definitely. It's one thing where I question myself a lot, where we do a lot of activities together, where it's, am I wasting time? I should, one, one thing that my old principal said was, every minute of every day. And that's what I was trained to do. And then I realized that's like 
an assembly line. <laughs> you know, that's like uh, trying to be efficient with every second of the day where we're, we're asked to build those relationships or that classroom management. And my students already know if I'm quiet, something's wrong. I, we got to look around. So I've got them accustomed to if I'm, I'm usually loud out there, if I'm quiet, okay, something's wrong. And that is really my management piece as well. So that, that helps out. So tell me a little bit about um, how you like to run your classroom. I mean, you're, you're talking about giving students these incredible creative opportunities. You obviously are building strong relationships with them. How do you set up your classroom? How do you set up your day so that if you need to step away to check on a student, if you need to step away to do anything to build that relationship, you actually have the infrastructure in your classroom where students are able to still learn, be able to experience learning, even though you're not necessarily in front telling them what to do. Can you tell me a little bit more about your room? Yes. Yeah, so as you know, I teach math and science and they start with the gratitude journal or a journaling. And it's more of getting them in a state of mind of, you know, feeling happy. And it's usually, what are you grateful for in clothing? What are you grateful for in food, shelter, things like that? That way, whatever happened outside of the classroom can get at least transitioned to something I'm happy about going into my classroom. Because we, as you know, kids hate math. They, I, I don't get it. I hate it. And, and that's my, my, my way to battle that. Uh, and I also play music when they're, when they're doing that. And that is weird because it's a math class, math and science. I have them for two periods back to back, but I do that. And then we transition to reviewing our notes from the past that I know they're going to need that prior knowledge for the lesson. Then I'll teach whatever the concept is. And I have them actually move the room around how they see fit. How do you need it? If you're working in a group, how do we move the desks around? And it took a while to get them trained, but a stopwatch was the best because they love to compete. So by doing that, they I really isolate, they don't isolate themselves, but they group themselves in a way of where I need to go foster those relationships. Nobody is really looking over here because they get to be where they want. And obviously that comes in with the uh, accountability piece and all that, but uh, being able to give them that option I don't really see a behavior issue or off task as often as I thought I would. Oh my God. I am, I am loving that. You've shared so many tips and tricks. Karen's even in the comments being like, oh my gosh, I love how much you're empowering your students. It sounds so much like your relationship with them. It, your relationship with your students is a part of your management, but you're also fostering choice as students are moving. They're also fostering collaboration which again, when you're when you have engaged, empowered students that are taking ownership over their learning, that are enjoying the the learning, regardless of the difficult subject <laughs> area, you're right that that the management does go more smoothly when students know what's expected of them, but they also know that they get to have a, a say in the process. This is extremely, extremely important. But I love the stopwatch idea. I mean, that <laughs> is a I say simple, but I'm saying it in air quotes. It's a simple way to kind of foster some excitement, foster some 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 competition. You were saying uh, in in the classroom, just simply so you can transition easier. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I didn't know it was going to work. To be honest, <laughs> I said I'm going to 
put the stopwatch and it's something that I did when I was in the K-5 grades. And I said, hey, I have two groups for math and science. I have one first thing in the morning, have one right after lunch. Got to love that right after lunch group. How do I make them compete if they're so far away? And it, it was the setup coming back from break since I have them for two periods and cleanup. And what I do is I put it on the board and I tell them at the end of the month, the last school day, whoever has the most points, they'll get a free period, whatever you want to do. And it's a free period. That's what they want to do. And um, it miraculously worked. And I was like, I just stumbled into a gold mine. I'm going to do the stopwatch with other classes and they need a visual. And, and I can relate to that. I need a visual of, okay, how much time has passed? If they look, they, uh, they'll look and be like, okay, we still got, they look at the other classes time and be like, we still got 10 seconds, hurry. And they'll even go out and pick something up. If they see things that are out of place, instead of like, Hey, that's by their desk, they should pick it up. It's more like, I'm trying to win here, you know? <laughs> and, um, that, that is something that how I've used the stopwatch and it, and it's helped. Well, even as you're sharing it, I mean, you're smiling, you're obviously reflecting on these goofy memories you have and the fun of learning, the fun culture that you're fostering is absolutely something that is a part of having successful management, building those relationships with students. Brad Hughes is in the comments right now saying mm -hmm. even using the word transition rather than start and stop really speaks to the culture of your classroom. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's such a powerful reflection. I didn't mean to completely skip it. I want to go back for a second. You said that you use a gratitude journal mm -hmm. as students are coming into your um, your classroom. What a way, as I feel like a lot of our discussions focused on this concept of transition. You're transitioning students in. You're transitioning students from you know learning to activity to practice. You're transitioning students in from their personal life and and then being in a in a safe space. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever thought of the 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 use of transition so much until our conversation. This is obviously a, a great resource that you have chosen to put an emphasis on in your classroom. Definitely. And there there's so many things that we were taught as in leave your problems at the door, you know, don't smile till November. I'm not I'm your teacher, I'm not your friend. It, telling students that is almost a traumatic experience already. It's telling them this is what you can expect moving forward. And how can we expect them to open up about issues that they're going through without building that relationship and not saying those things? So doing the gratitude journal, you know, we, I've done the parking lot, you know, and there was an argument where mom or whoever's dropping off is late and they're yelling at their student to get out. Hurry, I'm late. Get out, get out. I, that, that situation ended already with them in the car, but now I'm the one receiving it, you know? <laughs> so I'm the one having to get the student feeling happy or safe again, and then I'm supposed to teach them, right? So that was the, pro, uh, the purpose of the gratitude journal, right? You know? So I do have a question and I know, I really appreciate um, Sandra's comment here. I want to touch on as well. She's asking the question about a stopwatch versus a timer. Really quick, can we clarify the difference between a, having a timer and a stopwatch? Yeah, a stopwatch is starts at zero and it will only go up, right? 
And then a timer would be going from a set time all the way down to zero. And what I, I did the timer before and the timer, once the time ended, the, the students would be like, oh, we're out of time. Why should I even rush? But the stopwatch, it's it's going, go, move, 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 you know? So that that's, I did do both and I transitioned to the stopwatch. I really, I really love this. This is so helpful. And I appreciate that, that clarification for those of us that are thinking through how we might use this with our students. As you think through your gratitude journal that your students are doing, I was wondering if you can give us a little bit of insight as to what they're doing in that journal, maybe a prompt, a question um, that, that we can have our audience do right now as we're getting started with our day. If we were, Omar, all in your classroom kind of transitioning into, into learning alongside you, what type of questions or reflections should we go through thinking about that gratitude journal? I definitely start with the prompt since this is something brand new to them. And I, I usually want to get them to where they can do 10 items that they're grat grateful for. Uh, but I do start them off with five. And the first few days of getting them is uh, what are things that you can wear that you're grateful for? Because that's something that they can put on. And, and it's all positive language rather than I'm grateful for this sweater because, and they always have to write the because. And I've had students say, because other kids don't have any. And the whole point is to be in a positive mood. I'm grateful for this sweater because it's keeping me warm. Mm -hmm. And at first the, the students think it's like the lamest thing. Only a couple would love it. And then after a few weeks, the students that used to think it was lame or I don't really feel anything, when I do something different, they get worried. They're like, wait, no gratitude journal today? You know, and it's just like testing, right? That we have to do. But um, that's how I start them off. And then um, I increase the number of things. So I go from what you wear, the food you're eating today. Um, my favorite one is what experiences are you grateful for, right? So they can see the positivity in, you know, I turned in uh, or I plagiarized. I'm grateful for this experience because I've learned to manage my time better rather than, oh, I got plagiarized and play victim because I'm the one who did wrong. And it's really shifting those ideas. And they're young adults. They're a lot smarter than we think. No, it's so important, Omar. I'd love to challenge our network as we transition here for just a moment. I'd love to challenge everybody here that's live with us now, or if you're listening to this after the fact on Teach Fire Talk podcast, you can tweet at us, Omar, like you can, you can tag us on social media, um, if you, on Instagram, tag us in a story. We'd love to hear what you would share one thing that you are grateful for. And the comments is a perfect place. We just want one. I liked five. I'd love you guys to think of five. We'd only need you to share one. Omar, should it be anything? Should it be what they're wearing, an experience? Are we going to leave it open-ended or do we want to make it really specific for them and give them a little bit of a challenge? Great question. So I usually leave it open-ended, but I also leave a prompt in case those students who need that little push, right? So it's open-ended. Uh, one would be uh, if you're off right now on vacation, what's one thing you're grateful for that you get to do today? If it's your final days, what are you grateful for with your students? That, that one tough student, I do this all the time just because they're teaching me something. And it's hard. That, that's how we're going to leave it open. 
It's very hard. We know some of you are literally in front of your phones or computer, so you're able to type your answer real quick. For those of you that might be all across the house, come back, come back, hear our voice, follow us back. We'd love to have you uh, throw your answers in the comments real quick as you're running back to your phone to type your comment. One thing that you are grateful for, uh, we'd really appreciate you taking an active role in today's activity so that you can also start your morning off the same way that Omar starts his class off with his students. I will say, you know, um, this is a good question here from Alex. He says, do you read the journals or have students share or are the journals totally personal? Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, they're all of the above. <laughs> I, uh, if you've seen the movie Freedom Writers with uh, um, the journals, that's where I got the journal idea from. I tell the students, here's a sticky note. If you want me to read it, sticky note the page and I'll write a response. That way, and I, and I tell them, get another piece of paper and cover the other response. That way you feel safe that I'm not going through your journal. And that's how I do it. And sometimes I'll get a lot where I'm like, uh, I got to get these done. Sometimes I don't get any, right? Mm -hmm. But just giving the students the choice is how I do it. And that's the sticky note idea. I love that. I love the Freedom Writers Connection. What an incredible movie. What an incredible story. If you guys have not seen that, put that on your winter break bucket list for sure to get that done. And Omar, I really appreciate that you're creating a safe space for students and giving them the tools and resources to continue to be safe, even when they want to share, teaching them the post-it and the piece of paper to cover. I mean, these are all things that are allowing your students to choose to be vulnerable in a very safe, comfortable way with somebody that they've fostered a relationship with. People in the comments are eating this up. I'm such a fan. <laughs> We are getting a lot of grateful comments as well, which is just such a wonderful thing to share. Um, for those of you that might be interested, I mean, we have people commenting on Twitter and Facebook and, uh, and like uh, YouTube is pretty active right now. So so keep up, keep up those uh, gratefulness sentences. They're so fun. Omar, on Wednesdays, we get to share um, resources for our network to continue their exploration into so many different things. So we're going to transition here really quick into our last segment where we get to make recommendations that we love. And then we'll uh, conclude all the things by having everybody connect with you. So we'll be right back. All right, friends, welcome back with our daily drop-in morning show. We really appreciate those of you who have been choosing to participate here with us. That's so, so important. You know, Omar, we love on Wednesdays to be able to share resources, multiple resources sometimes, to be able to have our network continue to explore opportunities to search more on, into our theme for the week. You know, every single week we have a theme, but these themes are are quite large. And so our hope is that people are just getting their taste buds wet with this idea, but then they're going to go pursue further exploration throughout their weekend and throughout their learning um, as an educator. So Omar, I'm going to throw it to you. I have a few recommendations on where I think people can go get some resources on mindset that we've been able to talk about, classroom management we've been able to talk about, but I'd love to just have you share when you are looking for ideas, where do you usually go? <clears throat> um, the number one idea where I get um, my building the relationships with students is really watching the movies. It's watching Freedom Writers, Stand and Deliver, um, Walk Out, 
but I'm also I've also been reading a lot of Gary V books, the Gary Vaynerchuk, and it's the Thank You Economy is number one of my favorites. It's also I just got his new book, Twelve and a Half. Yes, so, I've not read the new one. Yeah, <laughs> so th those are really the books. They're they're not really written by educators. It's more of out there people out there. Rhonda Byrne and the Law of Attraction, um, just getting the students to believe in themselves are are the resources that I really look into. And I, I follow some counselors on Instagram, and I'll be sure to share those uh, today on my story. But uh, it's really from the heart where I feel it. And like I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> I'm worried that I'm wasting time. But then at the end, when I see students coming up to me and you know share what they're going through and sometimes it's minor sometimes it's major just knowing while wow, they shared that that reminds me of what i'm doing what i'm doing oh so good and omar i appreciate your connection to looking outside of the world of education to gain insight i mean gary v some of the people you named are they're not educators they're businessmen they're upper, uh, entrepreneurs they're they're people that exist in our world that are not necessarily in the education space but they still have so many lessons to teach, so many different mindsets for us to embrace. And I really appreciate all those recommendations. I do want to give a shout out. Um, for those of you that have read the Teach Better book, the Teach Better book came out in 2019. It was written by the incredible uh, Chad Oshowski, Tiffany Ott, Jeff Gargas, and myself. That has chapter by chapter um, uh, on how to do something better. Classroom management is a big focus in that text. So for those of you that already have that on your shelf, that might be a good read. Um, but I will tell you, um, shout out to Jen Molitor, who's a part of our Teach Better community. She's been an active participant for so long. We always love celebrating Jen. And something that really I heard from you, Omar, was about mindset and really ensuring that your students and as a teacher, you yourself are in the right mindset, carrying the right mindset for the day. Her book that came out, I actually don't know when this book was published. I should have looked at that before I'm recommending it. Uh, looks like, oh, 2019, same year. This is called... Um, the Happy Teacher's Handbook. I really enjoyed this book that she sent me a few years ago. It has not only activities to go through, but some incredible stories. And it's written in a way that really is like a handbook, like a guide to so many different things. So I encourage you all to check that out. Her subtitle is From Overwhelmed to Inspired, Helping Teachers Embrace Resiliency. So this might be a wonderful uh, winter break read as well. And of course, shout out to Jen, who's a part of our community here in the Teach Better family. Omar, I was so excited to have you on because I also wanted everybody to connect with you. This is just the beginning, mm -hmm. we hope, for all of our um, friends connecting with the work that you do. Would you mind sharing how people can stay connected with you after the fact today? Definitely. Uh, I have Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. I need to give more attention to LinkedIn. Uh, it's really the, and then Omar Spinoza. I try to keep it simple. Um, I'll be sharing a lot of uh, free PDFs of how to do this in the classroom. My main goal is to get these resources out and be an agent of change. And you just never know. You take this on, it's going to change the life of one student. And just knowing the power of that, that's what keeps me going. So the Omar Spinoza on Instagram Twitter, and also YouTube. I would love for you guys to please go follow Omar. There is so much that I get to enjoy. And I, I also love like 
the reels and just the goofy, the goofy stories as well. So I'll be looking out for some of your recommendations and your stories later today. And hopefully our community heads over there to follow you as well. For everybody else, it is Wednesday, December 22nd. We hope that you are having the best Wednesday ever. Either it's going to be an incredible day because you get to say, um, you get to spend time with students and wish them a wonderful winter break to sleep and rejuvenate and get ready for the new year. Or you're already on break and hopefully you're still warming up, sipping your coffee and getting ready for a fabulous, fabulous low-key Wednesday. That's the goal, right? Relaxation, connecting with others, and embracing the incredible opportunities we have here. Of course, if you need anything, Omar and I are always here, including everybody from the Teach Better team, to support you. So as you go connect with Omar and get ready for the rest of your Wednesday, please know that you're always welcome to reach out. And we hope you enjoy your last sips of coffee as you head into your day. Omar, thank you again for joining us in the great conversation. And uh, I really appreciate you, friend. Thank you for having me. All right, for everybody else, we will see you later. Happy, happy Wednesday. And uh, Omar, we'll stick right here. And we're going to say bye to everybody else. So have a happy Wednesday, friends.